everyone, and welcome back to One of Us is a Filmmaker. Hello, hello, hello. Happy 2023. Happy no, 20... sorry. <laughs> Happy 2023. <laughs> I meant. Now, speaking of Back to the Future, we seem to have gone back a year. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Happy 2024. Happy I mean. 2024, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> Great little Friends reference. Recently, we've been upping the Friends references in, in our episodes. Maybe it's because of the sad passing of uh, Matthew Perry. Sad passing of Matthew we Perry. We are just reminded of it more. Mm. I think we almost made a conscious effort throughout the two seasons that we did previously to, like, not make Friends references because this is a film podcast. Yeah. But I think, actually... They've crept in. Yeah, they've crept in. Well, why not? I mean, Mm -hmm. it is a nostalgic show for us, so hey-ho. True. Uh, But anyway, welcome to 2024. Welcome to One of Us as a Filmmaker podcast in 2024. It's almost been a year since we started. Um, Mm. This started from boredom, mostly. Was it boredom? Uh, it was it was part of my 2023 let's just do creative projects that don't have pressure on it that I don't really need to work too hard on la 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 uh, so that, that that jargon is all I was unemployed and <laughs> wanted something to do yeah, yeah you, you know being a filmmaker as I am you know the, the employment can be very up and down yes uh, but an exciting 2024 I think mm-hmm. my name's Cassia by the way if you don't know uh, I'm a filmmaker I write and I direct, and uh, my brother Orion Hello. is uh, not a filmmaker. No, I am not a filmmaker, but I do enjoy a good bit of film uh, yeah. every now and then. I write a little bit of uh, film reviews. You can check out my blog, <laughs> uh, or you can check out the One of Us the Filmmaker Letterboxd. Which we need to update. I we think do we, need to update. We've only got season one film selection on there. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I, you were saying, yeah, I'll get round to doing season two, and then it's, we're on season I three now. A, Busy life. I mean, yeah, no, I, I definitely will make sure season two is collated. Then you can also check out all the reviews of films that we've done so far. Yeah. So Because neither of us are unemployed anymore. So yes, <laughs> we are busier. I mean, that's the thing is you were, had no work. I was also just unemployed mm. when we started doing this. So had a bit more free time. To pour into the podcast. To pour into the podcast. But we, uh, we, I think we do a pretty good job of keeping up with it. Yeah, yeah. Even while we're working. Yeah. You know, it's been a year since we started. Time it flies when you're having fun. Well, it has been a whirlwind of a ride. <laughs> well, looking back over 2023, mm-hmm. I thought maybe since this is the new year, mm. since this is a new episode of the podcast, I mean, we have new episodes every other week, but still. New year, new me. New year, new you, exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd look back at 2023. Right. And I've got a few questions just to, you know, open open this episode mm-hmm. about looking back at how 2023 was for you yeah. in the media sphere. Okay, the media sphere, specifically yeah. film or just all media? Well, you'll find out, really. So what was the best movie you saw in the cinema in 2023? Oh, 2023 was a good year for film, I mm-hmm. think. Um, overall, I think it was good. Had a lot of very successful hits mm-hmm. um, and a lot of just very good films. Mm-hmm. So to that end, mm-hmm. I will say my favourite movie I saw this year, cinema. Best movie. Okay, best movie, Past Lives. Past Lives. Past Lives. It was a toss-up between Past Lives and Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. But the thing about Past Lives that just tips it over the edge for me is... um, It's only an hour and a half. (laughs) Well, it is much more digestible. Yeah. But um, no, I I don't think I've ever seen a film like Past Lives. Oh, nice. Whereas I think I have seen things like Oppenheimer before. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, yeah. My, my abbreviation is so much better than um, Barbieheimer. Barbenheimer. Bar- Barbieheimer, yeah. yeah. Nice. Oppenheimer. But mm-hmm. yeah, Past Lives is just really good, really interesting um, exploration of love and relationships. And I would recommend anyone see it whenever they can. Love that. Also, you can check out the review on our letterbox of it. Mm, so they nice. Well, we did keep up with that one, which is good. Yes, because it was very, very good. Very good. <laughs> so. Uh, okay, so my best movie was 2023. It was yeah. a toss-up between two. Okay. Um, Indiana Jones. No. <laughs> I did see a lot of films in the cinema this year, actually. You you do a very, very good job of going to the cinema. Yeah. Like, no. really good job. We've got to support it, man. Yeah, yeah. I would say the best movie in 2023 was toss-up between two. I would say either Suzume... Oh, 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 controversial that one. Really? Well, no, I like Susan May, but I saw it in the cinema in Leicester Square, one of the like central London mm. ones. And there was a there was definitely a problem with the mix, the sound mix. Oh, that's a shame. And it, it, I couldn't tell if it was the film or if it was the cinema. Well, from watching it in the cinema I saw it in, I didn't notice anything like that. It so, really bugged me. 
We have to watch it again, I it think. It really bugged me. Well, go watch it again. Or oh, actually, come around mine, put the projector on, put oh, the sound system classic. on. classic. Get a little projector again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. We'll do that. Yeah. Or, again, controversial from what we were just discussing okay. about it, Dream Scenario. Ah, yes. So, I saw Dream Scenario recently, and I thought, yeah, good. Mm. But I think, like, like I, I think we had a discussion about this, but I, I, I think that it didn't really explore the themes that it's talking about that well. Whereas, like, it's a fun idea. I'm up for it. And I'm up for a bit of Nick Cage being Nick Cage. Because that's <laughs> hilarious, right? Um, and there was a really funny head movements he does. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed his performance. And I haven't really enjoyed Nick Cage and anything else. So I was quite impressed. I, I actually thought he did really good dynamic range. Yeah, I did as well. I d- like he was good. Like were those bits where he was like really sort of sobbingly like yeah. emotional. And then also bits where he was like, Kind of fake yeah. happy, but yeah. I mean, it goes into my best movie, 2023. This is out of what I saw in the cinema. So it's says just the films I saw in the cinema, not exclusively last year. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I think it's for me, it's one of film surprises me. And yeah. it's actually entertaining. And I'll even if, that. <laughs> And even if it is a bit silly, I'm up for that. I'm totally up for that. I mean, But that wasn't the problem I had with it. No, no. But I mean, I think like the, the silliness and like, the kind of wetness is the word I want to use about like when the social media stuff popped up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I could like totally not vibe this or I'm just going to go with it and vibe it. But like, I liked the bit where it has like a two minute commercial basically in the whole thing. Mm. Right. Um, for like Novi or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. Um, yeah. Now, I was up for the silliness and I thought it was funny. And I'm like, this film is clearly embracing silliness and I'm up for it. And so I think it's really good. But something about it was just like, it wasn't quite tasteful enough in um, what it was trying to talk about. I thought it was. Hence why it goes into my best 2023, that or Susan May. Susan May doesn't really need much explanation. It was just really beautifully animated, really nice story, mm. good characters. I thought it was a bit long, Susan May, though. Yeah, it was a bit long. But I think a lot of the films I've seen in the cinema this year have been a bit, a I think bit long. <laughs> I think there's a tendency, and I think this goes all the way back to stuff like Acura, um, like Japanese mm-hmm. um, animation. And Studio Ghibli, I don't think, falls into this bracket, but I think a lot of Japanese animated movies I've seen tend to be a bit bloated. It's smidge too long. Yes. I think because Acura has kind of set the the precedent mm. of these like big, like... Big. International, well, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> uh, but these like, these international anime, Japanese anime films. Yeah. And I think they all kind of take after that tradition. Yeah. And part of that tradition is really long. Yeah. And it's kind of difficult to watch, I think, sometimes. Mm. But Susan May was good. Dream Scenario was good. You don't, you don't think Past Lives was better than either of those? Uh, I thought Past Lives was really good. Really good. And it had a nice gut punch at the end. I guess for me, maybe I'm always going to be tainted with the fact I don't enjoy romance dramas. So in terms so was, of the best really... movie that I enjoyed the most, okay, okay. I would say I enjoyed Dream Scenario more in the cinema and I enjoyed Susan May watching those more than Past Lives. Even though, objectively, Past Lives is really good. I did enjoy right. it. But I think instinctively, it not being my favourite genre, I can't help but say that I enjoy the other Okay, but more. then, you know, you you raved about this. And so why does Oppenheimer not quite meet those? <laughs> those Oppenheimer. <laughs> why does Oppenheimer not quite make it onto the... Too long, mate. Too long? And Too no long. good women? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can't put it in my best movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, it was really great. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of good films that came out last year, you know. I'm just going off what I think was a really good film mm-hmm. and I actually really, really Excellent. enjoyed it in the cinema. So what was the funnest movie you watched in 2023? If you can do cinema, that'd be great. Uh, I'll do cinema. I'll keep in the Ooh. theme. I, I was going to say Barbie. Mm. And then I remember watching Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, Indiana Jones, this is pretty awful. But it's kind of hilarious. Kind of so, funny. Yeah. Because Indiana Jones had all those really wacky car chase scenes. Do you remember that? Yes. And it was, it was all like, what's going on there? I mostly remember the like aging like CGI on Harrison's Ford's face yeah, being a was, little bit questionable when he like moved it's all blurred it wasn't very good and then there was the bit where he, the, like early on and there's the train sequence again. Yeah. we love a train sequence <laughs> and he and you know how like in train sequences like Tom Cruise will be like sprinting on the top of the train yeah. Harrison Ford was kind of hobbling yeah. <laughs> along the top yeah he was blessing <laughs> love it um, that's fun uh, okay I'll give it to Barbie because I think Barbie was a more fun film mm. I think I'm just making fun of <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that is also fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. My yeah. funnest movie of 2023 was probably actually Polite Society. 
I think that was really fun. Ooh, and it was unexpected again. I was watching it. I was like, I didn't really know where the story was going to go. Is it a perfect film? No, but was it fun? Yes. Yeah, no, so, it was it was, it was was great that it got as much attention as it did. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was fun. Ooh. I thought it was really original. It's not often you get to see genre films, especially led by South Asian cast. Mm, so, that was really good. Uh, yeah, I was really happy with that. Yeah, really enjoyed it. It just, it was fun. It was there really were some slight moments of boredom, actually, I had in that <gasps> film. Oh, dear. Yeah, but the majority was really good and mm. it was just really fun exactly yeah bit of fun and I think the main um, girl if I forget her name she was really fun and like really watchable yeah she was good she was really good she was good super alright then worst movie of 2023 Indiana Jones or Mission Impossible 6 out of the ones you've seen in the cinema this year yeah, yeah. and the reason I can't really decide between the two is because Indiana Jones was funny bad yeah but Mission Impossible was, I just thought, was just cringy bad. Oh, no. I think probably if I was pushed to shove, I'd probably say Indiana Jones was probably the worst out of the films I saw in the cinema last year. Although I did just go watch Saltburn the other day. People have said not great things about that. The thing with it is it's a style over substance. So there were things I took away from the viewing. I enjoyed elements of it. I actually really liked the first 20 minutes. And then for me, it kind of fell apart a little bit. So, but it's not awful. It's kind of interesting to watch. I mean, I'd be interested to watch it with you and see what you... We should do a live reaction. Is it, is it, <laughs> I'd is be it, curious. Should we, should we do a live reaction video for the podcast? <laughs> I'd be no, curious to know what you say. Is it a drama? What is it? Uh, he's, no idea. Is, it's not very clear from the trailer. No, I thought it was going to be a bit more of like a mystery, horror, thriller, uh, midsummer sort of thing. And it kind of never really goes there. I, I didn't get that silly. impression. From, from the trailer, the impression I got was just drama. Yeah, it's kind of unique, I suppose. But um, it, yeah, it's very stylistic, but it lacks a bit of grit. And it's a little bit over the top and silly, yeah. which can work. And I think that's what the director maybe was going for. But for me, it just didn't sit right. And I didn't actually enjoy it that much, even though some people really love it. So, you know, it's all subjective, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, it's got the guy from Kissing Booth in it. <laughs> so, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, great. Yeah. All righty then. I've got a few best other things. Okay. So, we'll, we'll round these off. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Fire, best TV show you saw in 2023. Best TV show I saw in 2023. Ooh. You don't watch much TV. I don't really, yeah, no, I don't really watch much TV. But, okay, actually, I do have one. Ah. I will give it to, and I haven't seen the whole thing. I've just seen season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murders in the Building. Only Murders oh, in the Building. Oh, yeah. I yeah. do like Only Murders. Uh, at first, I didn't like it. Mm. Kept watching and mm. thought, this isn't. This wasn't like, oh, by episode four, it gets good. Yeah. No, it was just literally after about 15 minutes of watching it, I was like, no, actually, I'm starting to warm up yeah. to this. It's really funny, really original, great casting. Yeah. And it's shot really interestingly. Mm. So I really like it. Thank you, 2023. Yeah. I mean, uh, season three came out in 2023, but, yeah. you know, I'll let you have that one. I'll but let you have I, one. I watched it in 2023. Sure. I think my favourite TV show, the best mm-hmm. one that I've seen in 2023, was Jury Duty. Came Ooh. out of nowhere, and it really made me laugh. Now, was that better than Only Murders in the Building? Big question. I watched Only Murders in the Building season three uh, this year, which was enjoyable, not as good as... Se- season one is the best. But Jury Duty, I just... I, it came out of nowhere, and I really enjoyed it. And I've watched it, like, three times. Excellent. Mm. <laughs> we watched it together. Yes, and I had watched it with my friend, basically, the day before, and then I'd watched it with my partner, like, two weeks before. It so. is... Okay, no, you know what? I'm going to give it to Jury Duty over Only Murders. The reason being is that the beautiful thing about Jury Duty is it's a self-contained season. Yeah, and you like There's that. There's nothing more coming. Don't want any more coming. <laughs> it was a good idea. Good and done. Now, and also because it does pose, like when you watch, you know, Truman Show and you sit there thinking about the moral quandaries of that film, mm. this is actually the real life version, so yeah. it's even more intense. About and I was asking you as we were watching it, I was like, all right, how do you feel with your moral compass right now? Uh, very, this? very many times I looked at you and went, I'm not sure about that. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. Well, no, because it's, it's hard because like you, you know, they, as I said to you at the time, but like they got seriously lucky. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much vetting you do of a human being. They got seriously lucky this guy took it well. Yeah. Like... Yeah, they did. Because I, I said to you, imagine if he started to, like, fall for one of the cast members mm. and their character. Yeah. You would... That is devastating to someone. Yeah. To, like, break their heart like that. Like... Oh, dear. You know. Yeah. But it was an interesting idea, and in a way, I'm almost glad that 
someone did it. And they did it, I would say, as tastefully as possible. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, yeah, Jury Duty wins. There we go. I've got a few others. Yeah, Best book in 2023. Best book. I haven't read books, mate. I know, but did you read... Not even... It doesn't have to be a novel. It could be like... I don't know. There's this Hayao Miyazaki turning points biography on, on the table. Yeah, on my shelf. haven't read it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll skip best books then. I don't think I've actually read a book in 2020. I haven't read a book, but I have listened to audiobooks, which I'm hoping is kind of the same thing. I think that counts. But again, they're actually both biographies. Right, right, right. Oh, we'll skip this question. Skip this one. Yeah. All right. Best game in 2023 you played? Best game in 2023 has got to be... Oh, we haven't really talked about games on the podcast before. Interesting. Because it's not a game podcast. No, it's not it? a game podcast. But um, <laughs> games and films, they have a lot of um, Things in franchises in common, similarities and stuff. So uh, I would say uh, Tears of the Kingdom, mm. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the follow-up to Breath of the Wild. It is one of Nintendo's most creative games they've ever made. Nice. And just another excellent... Zelda title, as Love they pretty it. much all are. So super duper. Yeah, and did you play any games that you've? Uh... Well, I play the same game all the time, See, which I love. You, yeah, you're a Slay the Spire. I'm avid. a big Slay the Spire avid you fan. Just, you just like chucking cards at enemies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But actually, uh, I played this game at the start of this year, and it's not from this year. But I really loved it. it was Danganronpa <laughs> Trigger Havoc. <laughs> Which is quite well, old, I know. For those who don't know, Danganronpa is like a very <laughs> Japanese game. Yeah. And it's like a... You have to murder solve the mystery. murder mystery. Yeah, it's a murder mystery slash sort of detective kind of it's great. adventure. It's hilarious. Like, it's so and good. watching you play it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> watching I, you play any game is funny, to be fair. I did need help, though, with the, the like, Because there, <laughs> there was one bit that you guys were stuck on, and I can't remember what you had to do. I think that was the problem, is you just had genuinely no idea what you were supposed to do. Yeah. So we did this, like, same level about 50 times. Yeah. I just <laughs> don't know what to do. Yeah, it wasn't very clear, to be fair. But. That does happen. You're, like, shooting letters in the sky. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine, anyway. But I think the theme, the theme there with both of our favourite games is... They are highly narrative and highly cinematic games. Apart from Slay the Spire. <laughs> Except, okay, th- but that's what I mean, is you're, you know, Dan Romper and Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. They both are have a lot of crossover with what films do, which is create... A lot of story. Yeah, a lot of story and a lot of interesting visuals and very immersive. I love a good story. I love a good narrative. I love a murder mystery, something that's really surprising, got mm. a lot of twists and turns. Dangan- Only murders in the building? Yeah, exactly. Danganronpa has that. We're yeah. watching um, Twin Peaks for the first time right now. Twin Peaks, is that any good? It's really good so far. Mm. Really good. Yeah, nice. Uh, very exciting. But anyway, that was just our little um, adios to 2023. Yeah, goodbye, mate. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> that was our side. little lowdown of our favourite things from 2023. Uh-huh. And now we're bringing in 2024. And actually, even though we're talking about 2024, we're talking about a really old movie today in our movie throwback. A really old. It was pretty old. 1987. That's old. Almost 40 years. Exactly. 35 years. Mm-hmm. So it is quite old. <laughs> when you speak to a lot of people and you're like, oh, I saw this really old film from the 80s, a lot of people just go, that's not really old. But actually, 35 is years is quite old. Now. When we were kids, if somebody said, I'm watching a film from the 50s or 60s, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's old. Yeah. But yeah. And that was <laughs> when you were a kid, that was what? 40 years ago, and yeah, we're approaching that for the 80s now. Exactly, which is mad. Uh, yeah. So time trickles on, doesn't it? Uh, but some might say this movie is timeless. <laughs> <laughs> you what? sounded like um, Amy Poehler in, um, what do you call it, in Parks and Rec there. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because the head tilt and the, way, the inflection, it was really funny. I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec. Again, it is, so there you it's go. timeless. Oh, I love it. Uh, Anyway. I would say it's timeless. Mm. The Princess Bride is the film in question Uh, that we're talking about. Excellent film. Excellent film. It's directed by Rob Reiner. Mm -hmm. Do you know what other film Rob Reiner's? uh, Has he done loads? Yeah, but what was, what's the one that we watched growing up? Maybe you didn't watch it that much, actually. Very funny. Is it like... um, It's like a spoof documentary movie. It's not the one with um, Steve Martin in, is it? No. No. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to guess this. Is this is Spinal Tap? I was thinking Spinal Tap. Well, then why do you say it? Because because I was thinking either the one 
I was I had in my head two images, but I couldn't remember the name. Mm. One of them was the jerk, and one of them was mm. Spinal Tap, and I couldn't remember the name. Of Spinal I see. Tap. Yes, no, the jerk is not Rob Reiner. That's a bit older. Never mind. So Rob Reiner directed The Princess Bride mm-hmm. in 1987. Yeah. Based on a book by William Goldman, and fun fact, it's actually one of the few books I've actually read. Have you? I really enjoyed. It's, when did you read it? I don't know. It's mm-hmm. probably sixteen, seventeen, or something. All right, fair enough. I didn't realize you'd read it. It's so Actually, funny. I do remember we had the book, to be fair. Yeah, I've got the book. It's like a pale cover. I've got it. At with, home. The, with the mask, right? Uh, yeah, it's got something like that. It's got it? like just a small image of the mask. Uh, I think. No, I think it's got two people, like the lovers, holding hands with leaves around it. Oh, I think I've seen a version where the cover is basically just. Um, You're not thinking of Zorro? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's wearing the mask and the black hat. Mm the eye mask and the black hat yeah I mean it could, I, to be fair I can't remember what the right, cover is right. but that's my instinct but anyway mm-hmm. you should actually read it because it's a really fun read it's not hard well, it's a fun film it's fun film yeah fun film fun read it's got a great cast mm-hmm. it's got lots of funny lines lots of funny scenes which we'll get into mm-hmm. but for people that don't know about The Princess Bride would you want to sum it up do you want should to give it a go go for it should I give it a go um, so The Princess Bride is told through um, a grandfather telling his sick grandson a story which happens to be the the story of the princess bride Mm. and so the film plays out basically telling the story of the princess bride which is how a romantic love affair kind of has they have to separate and then he comes back and rescues her from marrying this weird guy (laughs) pretty much i mean uh, very simply summed up yes that's pretty well it's not that far off no no it's it's pretty good the thing about the princess bride which makes it really stand out is the fact that it's really witty it's really fun it's kind of satirical on like these old fairy tale romance Mm -hmm. stories yeah everyone knows the princess bride over lockdown covid all loads of celebrities basically acted out the Princess yeah, Bride in little clips, that, yeah. which is super fun. I hadn't seen loads of the celebrities. I'd only seen the Jack Black one and maybe one or two others. Loads of people did so it. So many people did it. There's you sent me there's it. There's literally, like, like, there's literally like a hundred different yeah, videos it was really all put long. together. Yeah. <laughs> it was so long. They did the whole film. Yeah, it was great. It's yeah. great. It's a great movie. It's got loads of iconic lines, loads of iconic scenes. I say we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. But it really centers around the lovers, mm-hmm. which are Buttercup and Wesley. Mm-hmm. You know, she calls him farm boy. Yeah. And all he says is, as you wish. As you wish. As you wish. And then you've got loads of crazy characters that come in. (laughs) Well, I watched the film on Sunday night, so a few days ago, and I forgot how many funny lines are in this movie. There's loads. There's so many. And it's just like loads of great little moments and motifs as well that come Mm. back. Really iconic cast as well. So I told you the two main characters. Mm. They're played by Robin Wright, uh, plays Buttercup. You might know her from Forrest Gump. Yeah, she's been in loads. And she's in loads <laughs> in House of Cards, uh, loads of films. Carrie Lewis. I can never say his last name. Carrie Lewis. Yeah. Lewis. Lewis. Uh, plays Wesley mm-hmm. or Farm Boy. Has Slash he done Dread much? Pirates Robert. Huh? Has he done much? I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in loads. I think he must have been in a lot back then and maybe not so yeah. much. Now. I've seen him in like TV stuff popping up here and there. Then we have Andre the Giant plays Fezzik. Yeah. Uh, Andre the Giant did a couple of film roles, right? He, he kind I think of so. transitioned out of wrestling yeah. into... Apparently, he was in loads of pain during this film because he just hurt his back and all this. And I think he died not fairly recently, like quite a few years ago now. Was, but Am I incorrect in thinking he had a body like disorder? Or... I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. know. I don't know about that, but I, I think that might be true. It'd be interesting to look that up. And then we have Mandy Patinkin playing Inigo Montoya. Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. What a man. Um, what a man. What a, yes. <laughs> he, no, I mean, he's he's just iconic. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. Stop saying that. Yeah. Uh, the person he's chasing after in the film <laughs> is a guy called Count Tyrone Rugen, which is funny because they only ever really refer to him as the six-fingered man. Yeah. Um, and that's played by Christopher Guest. <laughs> you have my favourite... Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. Playing Vizzini. Yeah. Inconceivable. Yeah. Uh, love him in that. And then there's Prince Humperdinck, who was the person that Buttercup is 
forced to marry mm-hmm. or he's trying to force her to marry, yep. even though he just wants to kill her, um, is played by Chris Sarandon. Okay. Then we have a few fun little guest supporting roles. Mm-hmm. Billy Crystal. Oh, everyone loves a bit of Billy Crystal, don't they? He pops up as Miracle Max in a no. lot of sort of prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a lot of prosthetics and he's like done up as an old guy. Yeah. And then his wife is played by Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. So a couple of comedians doing those roles. Which um, was... Great casting for those two roles. They're I mean, hilarious. the whole cast. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say? A great yeah, cast. Yeah, what can you say? You can say they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as ever, the uh-huh. cast could be a di- bit different. Oh. Who is trying to wheedle their way in there? Well, you know Vizzini? Yes. The one that Wallace Shawn plays? Yeah. There's a famous actor who's considered for the role who's got a similar kind of typecast, kind of short in stature, very funny... Uh, like quite an iconic voice. Danny DeVito. Yes. Yeah. Got it. First time. Yeah. Yeah. Danny... Well, I, I can only imagine this short in stature, funny <laughs> voice. Like, I mean, who else from the eighties was really around yeah. that? Yeah. So Danny DeVito was considered very strongly for the role. I think he was the first choice for the part. Oh really? I don't know whether they offered it to him or he turned it down. I don't know what happened. Uh, but I'm. Yeah, he would have worked. I think. Yeah, no, I think it would have worked. He was in um, another film that I love around a similar time. Romancing, Romancing the Stone. The Stone. Yeah. Um, there may genuinely have been a conflict. Because mm. I think they came out very similar times. So maybe it was a case of conflict uh, scheduling. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Interesting to look that up, actually. Uh, yeah, or maybe he had already attached to Romancing the Stone. And yeah, was yeah. like, I don't want to do another sort of Because he kind of plays... Fantasy. Like, they're very different in mm. the sense that they are not set in the same time period. But... Plot-wise, they're very similar. Yeah. And he would probably have been playing a very similar character in both. See, see. So. Yeah. There was another actor also considered for Vizzini, and his name's Richard Dreyfus. You know Richard Dreyfus? Inspector Dreyfus. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard Dreyfus. I, you know, that name is very familiar to me, but I'm going to... Same. And I probably recognise him if I saw a picture. Yeah. But there's a really sad story about how Wallace Shawn basically thought he was going to be fired... Uh, all the time because the first day apparently he stumbled on a few takes and he just thought oh Rob Ryan is going to fire me because his agency apparently told him that he was third choice for the role oh after those two so apparently he just the whole shoot was like I'm like third pick like they don't actually want me and I'm going to get fired but you know what in a way I bet you that kind of worked in his favor yeah I mean the performance is so high strung and like fast paced talking sort of uh, like reactive yeah it does work well, it, I mean, like you said, like in the, not that um, I'm promoting method acting vibes or being horrible to people. No, 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 no. But just saying. <laughs> no, but um, we we've spoken about Wallace Shawn before, and you kind of said he sort of just pops up in the background everywhere. He's never really been the main no person. Yeah. Um, I guess in that sense, I could understand probably where he's coming from. Like, oh, you know, but he's not. not really the main person in this either. But I guess it's, it's a significant it's, role. Yeah, I guess it's like an ensemble piece. I I, I, I would call this film an ensemble because. It doesn't work alone with the main character. Like, mm. you need the cast, not not the casting, but you need the characters to mm. support the main character, otherwise it just wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. And then there's other famous actors considered for roles. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was apparently considered for Fezzik, mm-hmm. the giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can imagine. And then apparently a very famous British actor considered for Wesley, We've mentioned him before on the podcast. Oh, Posh. 1980s. Handsome. This is late 80s. Late 80s. So he would have Brosnan? been... No. Uh, been in his late 20s. Maybe mid-20s. Maybe early 20s. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. oh there's, uh, there's a lot of He's British in a actors. lot of uh, Richard Curtis films. Grant? Not Grant. Even though he does pop up in every oh, episode. What's, his, what's the other one? <laughs> From Bridget Jones. Yeah. Uh, Colin. Yes. Colin Firth. Colin Firth, yeah. Apparently he was considered for Wesley. So one thing that's always confused me about Princess Bride mm. is I was never sure if it was a British or an American film. They shot basically in England and Ireland. So they shot all around England. Uh, yeah, I mean, American and British film. No, no, I, I know. But it's just that the, there's a diversity of accents in the movie. Yeah. So you have a lot of British, but then you also have a lot of American. Mm. Like Wallace Shawn is very American. Yeah. But then the lead characters are all very British. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it could be a mix because it's set in Italy, Florin and Gilded. I don't know where that is. I, I thought well, this it was made up, hypothetical. Like, <laughs> this is what I was thinking. Maybe I need to read and I should have read into this, but I was thinking this when I was watching it the other day because they talk about Florin and Gilda and I'm like, are those real places? 
Is that set someone because Vizzini and you know they're kind of like Italian sounding names, yeah, and they reference the fact that Inigo is a Spaniard. They reference the fact of someone. There's loads of um, criminals in Australia. And I was well, just like, I hmm. thought I thought it was um, unless it's meant to be set in England. I thought it was supposed to be Spanish, but now you're saying that <laughs> I, I understand the sort of Italian. But I'm thinking of like the sets, and I can't imagine that was well. It's a fantasy, so I think maybe it's. Just drawing on... Maybe that's the, one of his skills, is kind of that displacement. Mm. You know, you don't really... It's a, it's a fairy tale. Because, I mean, there's like, a fire swamp. I mean, that's obviously a fantasy. Yeah, well, exactly. Not but I was going to mention that before, mm. which, uh, you know, when you were listing off the good things about the movie, mm-hmm. is actually, I think it sums up the 80s movies for mm. me, and especially from um, from a fantasy genre. But it just... They had very real, realistic, like, immersive sets. Yeah. Like, just really fun to watch, fun to probably act in, I assume, you know. Yeah. Rather than today, everything's bloody green screen. I mean, mm. like, they probably had a lot of fun. And, <laughs> like, But I guess that was the, the status quo about them, wasn't it? Well, I mean, exactly. But that, that, it's it's a nice, as a viewer, yes, as it's a, viewer, a yeah. nice experience to watch that because it feels, even though, yes, you can see that this thing attacking his leg in the swamp <laughs> yeah. is not clearly a real, like, monster. Rat thing. But, yeah. yeah, rat thing. But, like... It's tongue in cheek is like funny. Like, yeah, it's funny. I was thinking that when I was rewatching it. I was just like, man, it's so fun. The sets and like painted backgrounds and yeah. I mean, a lot of the locations are super beautiful. All the hills and everything and yeah. the cliffs looked very British slash Irish slash yeah. UK, which is nice to be uh, showcased in a movie, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, I can imagine it was totally fun to film. Uh, Rob Reiner seems like really nice as a director. I'm not going to fire Wallace Shawn. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. And the thing is, is like all the fight sequences are so great. That I mean, there's so many good sequences in this movie, but uh, iconic yes. one are the, the sword fighting scenes. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking of this one in particular. Well, interestingly, they used the stunt choreographers and the who choreographed the whole sword fighting scenes were the stunt coordinators on Star Wars. So you know. That lightsaber action, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a bit really of the nice. uh, sword play, yeah. You know, very cool. You know, I also put the um, subtitles on when I was watching the Princess Bride because we were cooking in the background, uh-huh. and there's the, there's loads of lines in the fight sequence which I never quite caught because yeah, they say loads. words like capero and like talk about fight things, which I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's like the lines in between where they're saying technical things about the different fight styles, which I never understood as yeah. a kid because didn't have didn't have subtitles on a VCR. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that's what they said in that bit. Hmm. I am not left-handed. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. what they said in yeah, that yeah, bit. Yeah. I only worked oh, out later. I'm surprised you never noticed that. Cause there's I, loads I of bits in that fight where like the dialogue is really quick when they're fighting. And I'm like, what do they say? But that's what that's the fight scene I was thinking of, which stands out to me, is the the hill or the clifftop, I guess. It's the cliffs of insanity. Yeah, yeah. And like like you said, it's it's the kind of, dynamic interplay between them sort of showing off mm. but also kind of exploring different styles of fighting but then also having these like this really quick wit the whole time yeah. and then they're also just being enjoyable and like tense to watch like it's not tense because it's a funny film but it's tense in the sense that it's like oh this is like a cool sword fighting scene you know yeah it's like you they really brighten up every scene and make it super fun mm-hmm. so you can understand that if you were the kid listening to the book which it intercuts with the whole movie. Yeah. You can see how he'd be gripped. Yeah. But it's actually got some scary bits, like rewatching it. The bit oh, that always yeah. the bit that always used to scare me, especially, was when Buttercup jumps into the water and the ship at the beginning. Uh, yeah. uh, when she's trying to escape Vizzini and all that. And there's he's like, The eels are waiting for you. And yeah. it's like the eels coming closer, she's looking at it, like all scared, and then it goes, <sighs> yeah. and it cuts out into the grandpa saying, Now this is think, scary. I think that's helped by um a lot of the score is very like trumpety. It's very like mm. wow, like there's like is yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in that bit, mm-hmm. there's like a sort of like a, a droney strings playing, mm. and then the tr- like these like I think they're like synth trumpets are just going wow, 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 wow. Like I, 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 I'm not doing a very good job of describing. <laughs> it's giving it such a different vibe. No, I, know, the same I, know, vibe. I know. I know. I know. I'm doing it so badly. <laughs> Just go and watch that scene and you'll know yeah, what I mean. Sure. But, um, the other scary bit I always thought was when Andre the Giant has like the flames behind him. Oh, yeah. And like he has like this massive hood on and then like really, they're like, they're like rolling him in or yeah. something. Cause and they're trying to terrify all the like knights and guards and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Cut the proof squad then. Yeah. There's so many great scenes. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite ones, there's a few favorite ones. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm going to jump in with a few iconic ones. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite scenes is when they have the Battle of Wits with the poison. Yes. And they interchange the cups and while Sean's trying to outsmart uh, mm-hmm. Wesley. Yeah. Which is just hilarious. Yeah. Because then it later gets revealed that he built up an immunity to the poison. So yeah. it never would have worked on him anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And while Sean's what on earth could that be? And Wesley turns around and he's like turning around and he's like giggling under his breath. What's so funny? Nothing. Very <laughs> <laughs> so good. I mean, it's a bit of a shame, but a cup again in this film is a bit of a wet blanket. doesn't really do anything. The most annoying thing is when she pushes Wesley down the hill and he's like, oh, as you wish. And then she goes, oh, Wesley, what have I done? And yeah. then just trips. Yeah. <laughs> and just go, oh, ow, oh. <laughs> the, scene, the scene I remember is when um, Wesley wakes up, but basically his entire body is just dead. Mm. And then they're like trying to get him to wake up and he's like trying to move, but it's just not happening. Yeah. Like, this is a whole, it's very funny, like a physical comedy. Mm. It's great. I love yeah. that scene. And how like the giant has to like move his head and he has to nod and all that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I mean, other iconic scene is, the Miracle Max scene. So when Billy Crystal makes his shining appearance, apparently the director just let him do improvise it. a lot. Yeah, like I'm sure he did. You don't need to give Billy Crystal much direction. No, you don't. You just you just let it. Um, you just let it go. Um, <laughs> the whole like healing thing is really funny. Yeah. And when his wife comes around, going, "Liar, liar, get back, witch, no yeah. witch." <laughs> 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 Silly. Um, again, that's just been really fun to improvise and just create around it. But the thing is, what's really good, especially Mandy Patinkin, what he's so good at as a new Montoya is like he's really chasing that drama. Like it's yeah. really serious for him. Yeah. So you've rooted it in the drama, like, really emotionally driven performances, yeah. particularly by him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hear he's a very, like, intense, serious actor, so you can... It just works so well. He doesn't play it for laughs, and he, mm. he plays it really straight, and that's great to compare with... you got your comedy characters, yeah. like... That's what yeah, I was going like to say. The, the counterbalance of, of that sort of serious um, performance from Mandy Patankin, and then, you know, all the comedy going on all around it. Yeah. It just... It, it kind of brings a bit of gravitas to it. Yeah. I suppose, in a way, it might need it because otherwise it just goes into complete silliness. Complete, like, camp. Yeah, complete, yeah, just completely camp. And and even, you know, you've already mentioned the, the line, but even just the scene where he's chasing the six-fingered man mm. is a really good chasing. Yeah. Like, because they go all throughout the castle and stuff, and then he runs down the stairs and gets the knife thrown in. Mm. Oh, that, that is really unbelievable. They get stabbed in the stomach and stabbed in the shoulder and stabbed in the shoulder, and then he still keeps fighting back. And you go, it's kind of funny. When you have determination in your heart. Yeah. But that is really, I love, it's so, I remember as a kid being like, ah, and just loving the bit where he's like, my name is Nigma Toy. And just repeating it loads of time. And Christopher Guest's character being like, stop saying that. <laughs> it's crazy. And then he just stop stabs him once in the stomach, basically, yeah. Yeah. to kill him. The killing blow. Yeah. I want my father back, you SOB. Sorry, I can't <laughs> say it, so. We're PG on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just really iconic. And he gets to, finally, Avengers Dad. You go, Inigo Montoya. Yeah. You know, we like a character's journey coming full circle. Isn't there a bit, I can't remember, there's a bit in the castle where he's, like, trying to break down the door and panicking because yeah. he can't get through. And then <laughs> He's Andrew like, Fezzik, Fezzik, come help me. Fezzik, he just comes through and pushes the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andre the Giant. He's really sweet, that character. Yeah, he is. Fezzik is really sweet. And it's funny because... Him and Inigo, why they're redeemable um, as characters who I guess start off sort of as villains kidnapping Buttercup is that they don't want to kill her. They don't actually want to do this. They make it clear that they've just got a debt to owe to Vizzini or, you know, Vizzini will look after them mm-hmm. and all this. But there's really funny, funny lines like when they're in the boat and they keep rhyming. Mm-hmm. Vizzini's like, no, because they've been rhyming the whole time. Yeah. And Vizzini's like, no rhymes, I mean it. Does anybody want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like silly gas like that, which is great. Yeah. Well, going on to lines, are there any lines that you can remember that you love? I mean, Inconceivable is a pretty classic. Yeah. And then the Inigo goes like, why do you keep using that word? I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> I, no, I mean, you've already said it. The best line... And I, I'm going to say again, the best line is, you killed my father, prepare to die. It's literally become a sensation. I was watching um, these guys who have a YouTube channel and they're like a comedy shorts game, right? Yeah. An improvisation game, basically, channel. And one of the games that they had to play was say that line, mm. but in, in in different ways with like different inflections and like oh, yeah. different degrees of seriousness. Like it, 
it's become such a like popular culture line. Like everyone knows that line. Yeah. From Phil. It's great. I remember like saying it as a kid when I was like pretend sword fighting in the living room. I mean, do you remember seeing this film for the first time? I just we had it on video. I didn't watch it from super young. I think maybe watch it for like seven or eight, so I can sort of I remember watching it when I was slightly more mature, I suppose, but <laughs> always loving it. The mature seven year old. The And uh, being really scared of like that eel bit, the fire swamp bit. Mm. Uh, that's horrible when they do fall into the um, uh, sand, uh, sinking sand or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. And they come up and they're like, <gasps> yeah. uh, that was all very dramatic. Because you think drowned, basically. Yeah, they, yeah, it's quicksand. And um, they have a horrible rat creature thing. Again, that is really annoying, that scene where she like grabs a stick, barely hits it, and then falls down. Yeah. And he's after her foot. <laughs> and poor Wesley's like literally been beat up and yeah. like, bitten. And he's well, like, that is the thing. He's like, she does absolutely nothing. This man has just gone through like yeah. hell to just like come yeah. and save her again. I mean, I get, like I'm hoping it's kind of part of that satiricalness about like how damsels in distress are sort of been played in historicalness. I think, I think it's, it has a place, like, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's that funny line again she says when she says thank you to the king. She's like, oh, you've always been so kind to me, but I'll be killing myself once I reach the honeymoon suite. And he's like, would that be nice? Mm-hmm. She kissed me. Yeah. <laughs> like, complete, like, obliviousness yeah. to her, her, um, her troubles. I quite funny. like in the film that they, it does have the storytelling aspect because... It the storybook. Yeah, the storybook. Because it gets it gets grandpa. sort of interrupted every so often by the kid being like, hold up, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I Is just, this a kissing book? Yeah. And I don't know, I think it just makes it a little bit more like, it doesn't take itself too seriously because of that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know it's fancy, like you know it's totally fiction. Yeah. Because that's the setup that happens in the film. Yeah. Again, that's why I, I like Romancing the Stone so much. It mirrors that kind of thing. Mm, nice. Yeah. And the thing with the kid as well is it's sort of could be saying what we as kids watching it would think about like, oh, there's kissing in it or mm. whatever. And he's like, when's it going to get good? Yeah. Their grandpa like keeps going with the story. And he says about how like Wesley was murdered by uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. And then the kid's like, murdered by pirates is good. <laughs> Just yeah. like as a v- VO over the scene. <laughs> and it like adds when it's heavy in the fairy tale story. They bring sort of the light and the humour. Yeah. Or takes you out of it quick, quickly enough that it's not too scary. Is the, like the eel bit. Is the that. book told in the third person? Like the yeah, the it's like um, cut between... It, it's like the story, but then it's like the commentary of the author as well. It's a really funny oh, book. It's really good. I mean, I haven't so, read it for a while, but... So the, f- the film really... doing the whole storybook aspect is similar to... The yeah, book it mirrors it. Yeah, okay. There was talk, apparently, when it was in development and stuff, of doing it straight, so, like, not with the intercutting of the book. Really yeah, good. just doing the But film. to William Goldman, he thought that was really important. Um, there's also, interesting, there was an alternative ending, apparently, which was recorded, which is basically when Physique turns up with the four horses at the end, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, good horse, in case we found the lady. Hello, lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and they jump out of the window and everything. Apparently, the alternative ending was that they would be at the bottom of the kid's window and he would get, he got up and looked down and the characters were there. So it sort of blurred the world between Ooh. the story and reality. I like the idea. Actually. Yeah, but I think the director said that he ultimately wanted it to be separate like yeah that makes two sense. separate worlds we don't want to sort of blur it you could go in either direction yeah it just changes the feeling of the film and what you've just watched what he's just read yeah and right, you've yeah. watched yeah um so yeah yeah that final scene i was thinking doesn't she like jump out of a window and like land Wait. on the horse no she, lands no, she gets caught by it yeah 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 it's, Which is, it's a really funny shot because it's just like her gracefully falling but again, I think it's the whole satirical thing. Yeah, I think it's... Jumping out the window. Looking that, beautiful. The film is intentional. Yes. It's it very intentional with what it's doing, which is why I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that mm. the female character is absolutely useless and wet. But, like, <laughs> I think that's part of the point. It is. Yeah. It is. And I really like the ending when the kid's like, oh, maybe you could come read it tomorrow. And the grandpa's like, as you wish. What a beautiful phrase. Yeah. As you wish. As you wish. As he's falling down. As you wish. <laughs> Dear Wesley. <laughs> yeah. Just funny, man. Do you have any other favourite scenes or lines that we haven't spoken about yet? Well, we haven't really mentioned that the film gets quite, I would say, quite graphic. Mm. Like, there's, there's like a torture scene. Oh, yeah. Like, when, when he takes gets five years caught. of his life, and well, he takes one year of his life, and then uh, 50. Not to 50. Yeah, not to 50. Prince Humperdinck goes a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, because she clearly is in love with Wesley, and Wesley's the only thing 
in his mind, Wesley's the only thing stopping her from liking Prince Humperdinck, marrying him, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like killing him would have made her happier about the whole process. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he just takes out on him and basically just extremely tortures him, which yeah. is like quite graphic. It's a, no, it's a really gut-wrenching scream and you feel the effect because it, it shows like people really far away in the village hearing it and all this. And, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's her gullibleness that she doesn't think that he's hurting Wesley or whatever and that he actually sent him back to his boat of pirates uh, <laughs> when they find them after the fire but anyway it's also cool that they're like uh, that underground lair that is the it's like in a tree yeah it's like in a tree hidden down below and there's one other scene which is very iconic which is the priest saying is marriage oh yeah it's what brings Mowage, us together today Mowage. yeah that's also of, iconic <laughs> I also thought it would be funny to like get married one day and ha- like do a bit like that at the um Top of the thing, see how many people get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people would get the reference. I think you should do it. Yeah, well, if I ever get married, sure. If I ever do it, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Just Great. so you don't have to go through uh, the process of, I don't know. Sorting out. Sorting out. Getting a performer. Yeah. Make sure performer. they get the... You, you can officiate. Offici- <laughs> Myself. You can do it. Oh, you do your... oh yeah. And not, not for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I now pronounce me... <laughs> wife and wife. Wife and wife. <laughs> wife and wife and wife. <laughs> Um, what would you give uh, the Princess Bride out of 10 if you had to well it is the absolute epitome of nostalgia bomb for Mm. I think both me and you you know I think about it and like Mm. there are so many people that love the Princess Bride and I've heard it from people who I don't know that well from people I do know quite well like the Princess Bride is a top film for a lot of people for me it's a top film I'm going to give it like solid 9 out of 10 Oh, that's good. That's high. Yeah. It's totally enjoyable. It's really gripping. It's so fun. It plays with that storybook element. It's got the scares. It's got the laughs. Entire script is just great. Mm-hmm. Like, so witty. Some of the best dialogue you're going to find in film. Yeah. What do you think Rotten Tomatoes gives it? The Humble Rotten Tomatoes. What does it give it on the critics? Critics. Rating? I'm going to give it 87. Higher. 91. Higher. 94. Higher. 97. Higher. 98. Yes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm literally not surprised at all. No. And then what do you think the audience score is? 87. More. 98? No. <laughs> 94. Like, 94. That's it. Okay. I'm in a way slightly surprised. No, actually, I'm not that surprised because I think everyone loves this film. Would you call it a perfect film? I think I might just. I think I'm revising my 9 to a 10. Wow. Because Amazing. I can't like let's 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 do it this way. Mm. What's wrong with it? Not much, mate. Yeah. Like we said, we could moan about the female character, but that's playing into the satirical. I, I think that's it? very intentional in this movie. Yes, same. And you gotta have satire. You know, we've got to be able to make fun of tropes and uh, all that. Yeah. Well, in two thousand, readers of Total Film magazine yep. voted The Princess Bride the thirty eighth greatest comedy movie of all time. What beats it? I don't know, actually. I need to find the list. Right. Uh, well, if somebody had never seen Princess Bride, didn't know anything about it, mm-hmm. can you recommend it to a modern audience goer, do you think? Oh, interesting. Can you recommend it to a modern audience goer? Um, With no context of the film of the past. I think so. I think you basically just say it's a family adventure film and you don't give much more context than that. You just say, I, think, you're, I think you'll enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I don't think... The problem is, it's not. It's. I wouldn't say it's slow paced. No, it's definitely not. It's like not rewatching it, I was like, it really. Yeah, it's, it like, it's a good fast paced film for sure. And I think that helps because I think modern cinema is just a bit like go go go. It's either go 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 or four hours long. <laughs> like you know, there's there's like no in between mm. these days. So I think for modern audiences, and it's like one of the okay, it's one of the best films I think to show people a throwback film. Yes. You know? Yeah. So if you're like, hey, let's watch a really old film, right? <laughs> 40 years old. 40 years old. Chuck that on. Yeah. And it's it's probably the one that people aren't going to be like, oh, that was boring. Yeah. Oh, that was rubbish. Like, I know people that have tried to, like, rewatch Alien, for mm. example. And that's, like, a classic, right, for a lot of movie people. But I, I think a sizable chunk of people today that mm. hadn't seen it, watching it, would probably think, oh. Yeah, context of the time for, like what cinema was you know yeah. it's like people who saw Alien for the first time or Star Wars it was like really exactly but if you're comparing it by the standards of today's 
either fantasy or mm-hmm. horror, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, so I watched Halloween for the first time. The okay. 1978, I think it was made. Yeah, you can see that it's, you can see how a modern horror viewer would watch it and find it boring and be yeah. like, this is not scary. Yeah. I can appreciate it for what it did for the genre. And actually it was really cool, like Hitchcock, Hitchcocky and sort of shots and like tension building and stuff. But yes, a modern audience goer, not so much. But Princess Bride, I think, yes, modern audience goer could watch it, put it on, really enjoy it. Because the script is so fun and so good. It, even it doesn't if the effects, take itself too No, sick. exactly. And even if the effects are a bit dodgy, part of the charm. That's what I was saying is like, people these days also do kind of want a bit of that. Yeah. You, you kind of don't want everything to so Be polished so and clean and look pristine. Like, actually, just get me a fake rat. Fake rat on a stick. Uh, fake rat on a stick. Fine. Wonderful. Uh, well, I think that wraps up our Princess Bride movie throwback. I think it does. Yeah. And uh, I hope you all had a lovely New Year's, brought on the New Year's. Maybe you watched a film. One of my classic things to do is watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy over again. Well, every every New Year's. Well, at least every year. Not every Boxing Day. No. No. But I mean, I don't know. To celebrate when you first watch mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Love it. Yeah. And let us know as well if you uh, have any answers to your to the questions that we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let us know what your favourite movie of 2023 was, yeah. what you thought the funnest movie, the worst movie of 2023 was. See if it compares to our answers. I'm particularly interested in the worst movie because they're always hilarious. Yeah. So <laughs> let us know that because I really want to find out. Yeah. I mean, I definitely watched some really bad movies last year, but they didn't come out in 2023. No. Could maybe put old as a shout out there, maybe. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, that's not a memory I want Falling to for Christmas. <laughs> Falling for Christmas. Oh, there's so many. Me uh, and my friend watched Scrotum the other what? day. <laughs> Why do you call Scrotum? Oh, it's just a tarot. It's like a monster movie. Okay. But it's a Scrotum. But anyway, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excellent. You wanted to like fish out on Amazon Prime somewhere. Yeah, yeah, funny. yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, anyway, on that note. On that note. Watch The Princess Bride if you want to. Yeah. It's amazing. Still holds up, we think. It's a good fun romp. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Letterboxd. Check out any of the episodes from season one, season two, or this season on any platform. <laughs> so <laughs> You can't lose us. Yeah. That's for sure. You can't lose us. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot lose us. <laughs> <Don't> lose us. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.